0: Hey everyone, this is Clay with Nanobot Rock, bringing you yet another week of local and independent music from around the world. This week, we take on the challenge of discussing bands in the lower print of music festivals, and find out which one of us got creative with the rules. Greg gives his do's and don'ts of concert behavior. Can you really play the what bands do you want to book game? And we come up with our own music festival that we are just waiting to clear legal, so more to come there. Songs we discuss this week include Golden by Sun, Phantom Limb by The Messenger Birds, Under New Moons by Sweet Crude, and Scratching Static featuring Namdi by Royal Canoe. This is Nanobot Rock Mixtape. He's doing this whole thing like he's gonna like i'm gonna record a video so that everyone can remember what happened and you expect this whole like serious discussion about super smart sharks eating people and he's like the perfect omelet is made with two eggs not three just... <laughs> is it he's like one of the only he's like one of two or
1: three people that survive everyone else dies
0: wow way to ruin a 20 year old movie greg
1: if you haven't seen it that's not on me that's on you you can also google it. i love deep blue sea god that movie's awesome <laughs> I like sharks though. I love sharks. We need to have our own music festival called shark fest in Idaho that has nothing to do with sharks or the ocean, but a cool name. You could
0: make it a week long and you could call it shark week.
1: Hmm. I think you're onto something has a good ring to it
0: and you, it would have
1: nothing to do with sharks, but it'd be a week long. So the week part would, would stick.
0: Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's, uh, it's all about a musical discovery. So you could call it Discovery Shark Week. I like it. It I like it. But shirts
1: Yep. That would be cool. And then we could have like, you know, Mike Rowe, the dude from the dirty Jobs show, his parents live in Idaho, so he could be here and he could do something. So we could have Mike Rowe doing something about Discovery Shark Week, our music festival. It would be totally original and new. Yes. Yes.
0: It's a license to print money.
1: (laughs) Totally. And I just possibly go wrong. People would look forward to it annually. I could, it could be a big thing. I could They see put this it on happen. social
0: media. They would talk about how excited they are that it's Shark Week. We're on to something.
1: We're gonna have our lawyers look into that and see if it's something we could do. I when I when I was younger, I used to have this i this conversation. You know, everybody kind of has this conversation with their friends about if you had a music festival, man, what bands would you bring to that music festival? And as we've done musical discovery and nanobot for like the last ten years. I don't ever want to have that conversation because the list would one be too long. It'd be way too hard. And I just, I don't think I could do that
0: anymore. Well, I, (laughs) sorry, no, just, I have to laugh that somebody would just like somebody who obviously that, that is the phrase of somebody who has obviously never done anything like this before because the, if given (laughs) pose the question, what bands would you have at a music festival is only answered by uh, the bands that actually say yes when you yeah. send them the request.
1: I'm going to have Aerosmith there at my Shark Week in Idaho. I, I could tell yes. you that
0: Foo Fighters is at a lot of music festivals this year, and it probably doesn't have anything to do with the fact that we're like, yeah, we got him. We nailed Foo Fighters. It's like, No, Foo Fighters wants to go do these things. Yeah, it's, it's exhausting. Well, but you, to do a festival, I mean, you look at most lineups
1: and there's a few little festivals that are like the, the two day festivals that have, I don't know, 15, 20 bands in them. Like you could, you could realistically come up with 15, 20 bands on a quote unquote dream team festival lineup that you want to do. But when you look at other festivals, you look at the, the Bonnaroo's, the Coachella's, the Lollapalooza's locally, the tree forts, whatever it is, there are hundreds of bands so when you're like, I'm going to put together a list of who I'd have at a music festival. Like, <laughs> no, you're not. You can't come up with a hundred bands that you'd want at a music festival. Like, You you would drive yourself crazy and it'd take forever to do that.
0: Well, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like a fantasy baseball draft too, where it's like, you've got a, you've got a set pool of money and then yeah. do you, do you divert the funds to the really big name and then you have nothing left for the, the little people or do you kind of spread it out and get, uh. Obviously, I don't know baseball players because I can't come up with like a... <laughs>
1: Sammy Sosa over uh, Mike Trout. I don't know. I don't. Even, those are like
0: the three. Yeah. Do you those do you two. mail? Do you do you mail? Uh, do you yeah? Do you get do you get a Mike Trout and then you're left with a bunch of scrubs, or do you just get like a you know a bunch of uh, Adam Ottavinos and then you're you know trotting out a, a decent team?
1: It's Moneyball. It's who gets on base more. It's not. The big flashy ones, right? It's just like music. Who gets on bass more? That analogy doesn't work
0: with music. Who who generates the more the more uh, hand claps? Uh, and the leader is fits in the tantrums.
1: Why? Because they can make your hand clap. I'm not. I was. I was this close to singing that song, but we're not going to do that. But
0: would you take that over uh, everybody clap your hands? Because then you get more claps.
1: Everybody clap your hands. They we're done clapping hands. Can I, since we're on the, what about, the topic, what, what, what about if we got clap your hands and say yeah? Ooh, I see this. This is a whole wormhole. I don't. I don't want to go down this. It We're gonna. We're gonna cause trouble with clapping and
0: yeah. Audio levels peak. Clapping clap hands at Shark Week.
1: There you go. So I, I think that the rule at Shark Week would be if you're gonna be one of those a-hole music fest goers. Tell me more about these a-holes. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, who, let's, let's lay the, let's lay some rules down. Let's lay some groundwork rules about music festivals. Like just some basic rules. The like first rule. Courtesies? Well, let's just go with some general rules. The first rule is stay hydrated. I think that that's a really good rule. That that's us starting with a, we're going to help you. Okay. I'm writing this one down.
0: Stay, stay hydrated. hydrated. Got
1: it. Don't be afraid to rest. Oh,
0: fine, I need, fine. I need that one
1: right find a bench find a chair find sit on the ground it's okay you need to rest pace yourself that's that's within the caveat of the rest is the pacing of of oneself the other rule and i know we've talked about this ad nauseum almost but the other rule i think is don't be afraid to take a chance you know the little names on the the ticker the the small print Seriously, go check a few of those out. You'd be really, really surprised at what you'll find. Arguably, you'd probably have more fun the small names and medium names than you would on the headliners. Just saying. That's my nice thing to say. Now, the other rules: put your cell phone away. You don't need to live stream every show. If you're and, over, and, six... and you know
0: what, the sound that you're gonna that your <laughs> tiny iPhone speaker is going to pull from this. No, nobody's going to be cutting an album from your from your live recording. Right. The band's not going to come off the stage and be like, hey, that was awesome on your iPhone 11. Can
1: we turn that into a live album? We appreciate it. No, put the cell phone away. Create memories. Best way to create memories is go to the festival with friends. And then that one friend who's like, I don't want to spend $100 for three days at a music festival. Then while all your other friends are over there having a conversation about, oh my gosh, how awesome was... Mount joy. How awesome was new Madrid? The friend who didn't want to spring a hundred dollars is like, well, I'm going to go torrent the music that I want off the internet anyway. And I don't want to be part of this conversation. So you let those jerks go. You know what? You,
0: you go away, cut those people out of your life.
1: You don't need that kind of negativity.
0: Nobody needs pirates in their life, especially when you go to shark week,
1: (laughs) arg festival. The other rule is if you are over six foot tall, maybe stand to the side, maybe stand in the back. You don't need to be third row or all the way up at the front because you know what? We're all different and we embrace our differences, but some people are shorter than others
0: and they would like to see the stage too. be conscious of those around you. You could probably couple that with the, uh, the, the, the stacked humans, you know, the, let me get up on your shoulders so I can see better and make it worse for everyone else. Just stacked humans.
1: I like the concept of stacking humans. Yes. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's if you want to do that, then and you're probably tall and, you know, your friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever you're putting on your shoulders, then so that they could see because they might not be as vertically blessed as you are in life. Maybe do that in the back because then they could see and they could get the whole the whole experience. Just think about that. Another thing is if you're double fisting beers or other adult beverages You don't need to point your elbows out as you're trying to work your way up to the front through the crowd that's been there since the beginning. Maybe you just sip your beverage on the side and you don't need to to push your way through the crowd. It's a common courtesy. I'm just saying make it pleasant and enjoyable for all, because what's going to happen when you're done with that beverage, you're going to have to go get another one. Right. So then you're going to have to push your way back through and then you're going to have to push. And we don't want that. And now i got to go to the bathroom. Yep. See, all those beverages, you're gonna have to pee. So just just hang out. Like you're gonna get some really good sound back there anyway. Plus, here's here's a key. Here's a key to music festivals. The sound, the audio is mixed by a mixing board. And if that mixing board is back somewhere in the middle of the crowd, logically, the sound is going to be mixed at its best around that mixing board
0: wait are you saying that i'm not going to hear that sweet harmonica solo if i'm all the way up and to the right
1: you won't you'll you'll hear a very blaring speaker in your right ear and you'll you'll wonder why everything sounds like it's coming from the left side of you for three days well the right side (laughs) equals up (laughs) you know when you close your eyes at night and you hear that ringing that's the key um but the mixing board audio will be mixed for that mixing board and if it's out in the crowd, think about hanging out over there if you really want that live sound experience. Because that's where the sound's gonna be best. No lie, check it out. Now um, every- also
0: <laughs> I could just picture like <laughs> that everyone going to you know, the next music festival. Like, why is nobody at the front of the stage? Why are they all congregated or on the mixing board? <laughs> you guys can come up here. No, we don't
1: want to <laughs> sounds great <laughs> over here. Come up to the come up to the front. We don't want to but that being said, also invest in in earplugs are not those little foam orange things you plug in your ears anymore. There are sounds that you can pick up the highs and lows without really losing sound quality and without the ringing. And, and you and I picked up some really cool earplugs at Fort a couple years back that um, came in a little cool carrying case. They're little ones that you, you just put in your ear and, and you could get the full experience and you save your hearing, which allows you to go back to other concerts and music festivals in the future those are some basic rules clay what what kind of rules do you think we should
0: i think you've pretty much hit on all of them and uh oh what about the talking
1: uh indoor indoor venues at a music festival you want to go in and you want to hear it but then a bunch of people use it as social hour
0: well but you just said everyone should go to the music festivals with their friends and and be talking about all the experiences that they're having there
1: so talk about the experiences. We don't need to talk about a funny movie that you saw while you're screaming to try and beat the band's volume with your dissertation on why Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band movie with the Bee Gees is better than Help, which actually had the Beatles. Like We don't need to hear that. You don't need to be yelling that in my ear while we're at a music festival or concert. I mean, that's a general concert rule in general, I, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Call me crazy. But... Okay. Well, this uh, this segment... pop pop greg talks about uh, music festival etiquette is brought to you by discovery shark week (laughs) (laughs) not a sponsor (laughs) i we don't have
1: sponsors if you'd like to sponsor reach out you could sponsor nanobot rock mixtape for as low as a dollar a day can you i don't know (laughs) (laughs) for the
0: same price as a cup of coffee
1: so we are we are getting into what would naturally be festival season. We are getting back into a sense of reality now, and there are a lot mm-hmm. of festivals. So for there the next are. three hours, we will dissect every festival between June and... No, we're not going to do that.
0: Starting with the Telluride Bluegrass Fest. Yeah. And we're going to move into the Rhode Island or Newport, Rhode Island Jazz Fest. A Fisherman's Wharf out of Seattle. We'll talk all about uh, Greg, Bill, Greg Williams and his uh, Jug Band 5. Then we'll move on to... Yeah, no. We'll, we'll not be doing that. This is going to be a small sample of the general music festivals that are starting to open back up and emerge throughout the world. We... There are some that uh, cannot, sadly, there are no confirmed dates or details for the gathering of Juggalos, but (laughs) there are other opportunities out there that we're going to talk about today. And that, that I I have to say, Greg, I was really excited for our challenge this week, which was (laughs) to, you know, find some music festivals, look for some names on the bottom of the ticket and that we're going to bring four tracks that are related to those music festivals that we talked about. I'm really, really, really looking forward to dissecting those music festivals with those specific artists, and this is going to be a really exciting conversation. I, I can't help but feel like you're setting something up here, Claire. <laughs> what are you talking about? I I think we specifically talked about that we we're going to talk about. Uh, we, I, we specifically said we we're going to talk about music festivals that are going on right now uh-huh, and the bands uh-huh. that are occurring at said music festivals.
1: So for those listening, stay tuned to the end of the episode when Clay completely throws me under the bus
0: for one of these tracks. No, no, no. I'm just setting up what I thought was going to be a (laughs) wonderful discussion about music festivals. As is
1: with the mixtape and in life, you follow the rules. I wing it even if I make the rules. And sometimes I don't always follow those rules. So we'll get to that. Fair enough.
0: (laughs) I I don't know as I wear that. Uh, label proudly, but I I would say like anything in life, we set up, we set up an idea of something to, to talk about and then proceeded to not discuss it with each other for the next week. And then just be like, here's what I came up with.
1: (laughs) But what we came up with is really cool. And the first of the really cool that we came up with is, uh, it's actually taking place that the, it's a two festival. This artist will be playing in two festivals in September. It's a two festival. It's a it's a, a do festival because it is ones in France so that's my the extent of my French that I'll uh-huh. throw out for today. Uh, the first one will be September fifteenth. It's the Future Echoes Festival in Stockholm, Sweden. Hundred artists from around the world and international speakers compile this festival. It's been around for uh, this is the second running of it, I believe, and uh, it's it's really starting to to. Gain traction and, and and get its feet under it um, Then three days later this artist will also be playing the girls Ink Tattoo Festival in Paris, France Which is really cool But what's even cooler than these festivals and the idea of this is the sound that all of a sudden makes me want to hear this song live on a stage at a festival with at least several hundred people and we are talking about the song golden by sun
2: golden, golden So cold, still a small stupidly because I still believe gold floating in the air like sparks of hope, right there. The, oh,
1: the Franco German brutal. Pop. Uh, Clay, have you ever heard of Brutal Pop before this?
0: I can't say that I have, Greg.
1: Brutal Pop artist. She follows up on her 2019 four-track EP with the latest single as a flagship to the sequel EP, which is called Brutal Pop 2. The first Electric one. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Aptly named Brutal Pop. Uh, the sequel EP will is due out later this year. But this is this is another sound that was created over a distance in pandemic times, utilizing technology to craft this sound. But it, the, the track Golden is birthed out of isolation in the sense of being alone with your emotions, struggling to get out of your own head. And I would say that there's, a, there's some emotion in this particular song that, that
0: kind of comes out. Tell me more about this emotion, Greg, that you're, that you're alluding to. Well, so Brutal Pop, I'd imagine like... Imagine Ariana
1: Grande in Fight Club. Like, that's Brutal Pop, right? I had no idea what Brutal Pop was. It just kind of... <laughs> you're giving me this look like, what did you just say? <laughs> the first rule of Ariana Grande is we don't talk about Ariana Grande.
0: Don't go I, for the kitten headphone ears.
1: <laughs> I Okay, those who discovered her son's Brutal Pop EP know what to expect. But for those who may not have had that opportunity, such as yourself and I, Golden embodies a much more balanced, less screamy, albeit no less bold, sound that will definitely surprise many people and make fans out of just as many. The emotion that builds in this song and that eventually comes out in just this vocal cord shredding, Scream aggression. It, it's not metal, but it is metal. It's not pop, but it is pop. It truly is just brutal pop, and it's elegant, and it's beautiful, and it's, it's brutal, and it's pop, and it just. I, I, I want heavy doses of brutal pop now.
0: I think what really sets this apart is Caroline Rose, who goes by the name Sun. Uh, It's it's like you said. It's that it's that skating of the of the metal with the pop because I mean you listen to the song and everything about it just screams that kind of metal. It's that really rough uh, distorted power chords that you know you've basically just got the guitar and the bass coupling with each other that are creating this driving you know driving metal tempo. But over the top of that, you've got this melodic vocaling that Rose is, is putting on where that's where that kind of that pop piece comes in. And then she just, you know, doubles down on the metal in the, in the chorus where she, you know, just basically is just doing those throat ripping. yahs Or rahs or whatever. Maybe she's saying shark week. I don't know, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's that kind of, it's that duality that's, that's in there of, of the two that, that mesh. And the thing that's so unique about this song is everything that you're listening to about it is that metal quality that you, that you bring up, but underneath it all, there is that pop. And I know we talked about her vocals in there, but there's just, again, it's, there's so much more to pop than like, let's put this one beat into a, into a, into a track and, and run with it. Like there's like, it's the notes you pick, it's the way everything is arranged, it's the it's the way that everything is allowed to hook you. And this is one thing that it this this does really well is Sun has created a way to hook you in with melodic metal.
1: successes with Sun is Caroline Rose with a K not Caroline Rose with a C because then that's a whole nother festival musician that we got to see and that was fun but that's that's two separate sounds Sun, she can be pop she's got the voice for pop so so she's got the voice for metal too well that's what I'm saying the pop camp can be really satisfied with how just how great she delivers on the pop but then the metal side they need to be proud of how metal she can get with her voice too, because yeah, she can, she can hold her own in metal. So she's got this voice that can dynamically do both. But like I said, there's a, there's a beauty and an elegance to the vocals as they transition between both worlds. I mean, they soar over these valleys of melodic buildup and arc over these craggy metal peaks that just, it finds a place for those who want pop and metal without having to live in either, but being accepted by both. And it's captured in golden. And it it's it's golden. Not just a namesake, it's beautifully
0: executed. So are we just gonna skate around the fly leaf thing, or should we just try to Dive in. Go I know. I'm just call i call it up. Call it up. No, I, call it up. No, 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 no. There's no nothing to call out. It's more just you know, I, I know we tried to say early on that we didn't want to like, it's like this mixed with this, you know, because of everything that that can allude to. It's just
1: but but it's it it's got the power of flyleaf without trying as hard like it, it just I, flyleaf felt like it was just trying hard. I don't know. This this just seems organic in, in such a way. And I can't quite wrap my hand, my hands around or my head around, however I want to hold it. I can't wrap my brain around how it just flows so organically. And, and maybe it's because that, that distance production of this embodied uh, the skills of Andrew Sheps who co-produced this and mixed it. And, you know, Adele, red hot chili Peppers, Ziggy Marley talent comes in and helps son achieve this. But to, to understand that i went back and i did spend some time with brutal pop her first ep and i can't say that chefs came in and really necessarily changed her he just maybe helped wrangle it a little bit but it, it I, it's all in sun and and she's doing a fantastic job no and i don't i don't mean to disparage flyleaf i don't uh, no no or no that's, not, that's just
0: absolutely not what i'm trying to what no I'm trying i know to... you're not. I'd Oh I I like what you what you said there because it kind of it kind of ties back to the the pop thing for me which is that you don't need a ton of production to to create a good pop song you just need to know which chords go really well with which arrangement and which notes to hit when I mean I, I mean you go back and listen to superstition by Stevie Wonder and there's certain notes that he hits in that song that nobody else would think to hit and when he does it it makes it turns the song around in a very specific way and i'm not saying that this that i'm not saying that i'm putting <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to compare what sun is doing here with golden with what stevie wonder's trying to do with superstition it's more just there are some artists that know which notes to hit when and i think that's what this does really well in terms of Sun and to a more specific extent, you know, Carolyn Rose are doing with their metal songwriting in that they know which notes to hit. So that is what kind of adds to that, making it effortless, uh, not trying too hard idea that you were talking about.
1: Well, and, and it shows that, that it, it you don't have to fit into a particular facet or style to make the art that you want to. I mean, she could have just been like, okay, I need to figure out a way that I could be kind of evanescence. And we were all burned out on that. And you don't need that sound. You don't need some arcing female voice over this soaring mix of, of rock and, and melody and pop. And you, you don't need that. It's, you can kind of fuse and create a sound that is your own, but what she's done is also created kind of a sub genre of bu- brutal pop that I, I yeah. gotta say, I'm totally into
0: well and the yeah I mean you bringing up Evanescence I, I would put this closer to another band that came out came out or had a breakthrough single around the same time which was Taproot and just their ability to kind of create create and align that melodic with the metal that I think that Sun does really well here
1: yeah and she she looks pop but she looks metal when she needs to and it she's got this she's got this down i mean and i'm just trying to because this this whole episode is really focused on the festivals and things like that it's really not a far stretch of the imagination to kind of close your eyes and imagine her up on a stage with this crowd and while she's doing the melodic part everyone's heads just kind of swaying back and forth and then she just hits that power chord and jams out and the whole crowd starts jumping and it just you get this grind and the energy you could just feel the live energy bleeding out of this track, and it is absolutely infectious. And I, I don't live in Europe, but if she ever comes through the states, please come close to where I live because I would love to see this live. I mean, there's an energy that I just got to experience with this.
0: So you're just going to leave it uh, a mystery out there as to as to where you live.
1: Listen to the other episodes. You'll figure out where we're at. <laughs> You'll figure it out. In the meantime, brutal pop two. Son,
0: please go to Boise so that Greg can see you live.
1: Could you imagine this main stage tree fort on a Friday, warm Friday night? I could. We thought Andrew WK what is, was. Fun. What is she?
0: What is she doing in September or She's March?
1: Playing Future Echo. Oh well, she won't be here for that because she'd be Future Echoes Festival. September 15th, Stockholm, Sweden. Girls Ink Tattoo Festival, Paris, France, September 18th. Brutal Pop 2, mixed and co-produced by Andrew Sheps and distributed through his label Tonequake Records, will be released this fall. Check it out. Golden by Sun.
0: All right Greg speaking of energy let's bring it now to Lexington Kentucky to talk about a band <laughs> that is going to be playing the uh Louder Than Life Festival and what I'm talking about is a rock duo out of Detroit that uh is known for bringing their their that's that sense of energy to to the stage and we've experienced some some rock duos that that know how to bring it and make it look like there's four to eight people on the stage just with their sheer presence and what and what they can bring. In 2018, uh, this band started working on an album, and as everything was kind of coming together, we got we got stuck in a, a pandemic and things kind of got slowed down. But uh, that didn't stop the duo of Parker Bengry and Chris Williams also known as the Messenger Birds, from from working on their new album. And through all of that, they were able to gain a lot of traction with our next single, Phantom Limb. Think that these two gentlemen can easily be put into the category of alt rock or hard rock or whatever you want to put this into, but this this track to me is just, I mean, it's just sheer kinetic energy to me, and it just the way that it kind of starts out with that slow build, you know, with the what do I want to say? It's like there's like a like a key and bass kind of just low rumble, mm-hmm. and then you know the 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 drums kind of come in with a light way and then by the time it just gets into the into the chorus it just crashes and and just you you get that breakneck pace and you get an idea of like like you said that imagery of like when this comes on that just that that wave of people that you can see just kind of bouncing up and down to to this this energy like where where this festival not going on uh right during tree fort i might actually think about making making the sojourn to kentucky to check this out
1: really really why why because of the because of the messenger birds or because uh on friday before the saturday that messenger birds is playing louder than life uh dead sarah happens to be there as well look i
0: don't want to say that just because i follow them on social media and they said they were playing (laughs) louder than life fest and i was able to figure out like what was going on and that this was a thing and then i started looking at the ticket to find a to a smaller name band, to, to, you know, for our challenge because I wanted to make sure that I did what I was supposed to. You know that I I just happened to come across these guys and I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing, and I, it's, this is just one of those moments where you discover a band. Yes, this came out last year. You know, the single I think has even been out for the last three years, but I loved the energy that this duo brought, and now I'm. I'm all in on their on their new album. uh, Everything has to fall apart eventually, which came out last fall. But it's just it's so great.
1: I want to I want to take a quick sidestep on this because we are talking about festivals so much. And I want to I want to honestly say something after you found this track. When you're looking at Louder Than Life Festival, I mean, Thursday, Corn, Stains, Cypress Hill, Anthrax, Seven Dust, Friday, Metallica, Jane's Addiction, Rise Against, Killswitch, Engage, Dead Sarah. Uh, Saturday, Nine Inch Nails, Snoop Dogg, Machine Gun Kelly. Then you go into Sunday, Metallica, Judas Priest, Mudvayne, Seether. I'm a big Seether fan, Pennywise. You look at these and you go, holy crap. Look at the headliners of this festival. That's awesome. But in there, you've got Dead Poet Society, Tempt. You've got... Uh, Dead Sarah, they're actually down a little bit on there. um, South of Eden, you've got currents, you've got another day, Dawn's blame my youth. And you've got the messenger birds and looking at this lineup, like I said, I'm a huge Seether fan. This is one of the joys of a music festival because I would absolutely make it a point to be sure I didn't miss the messenger birds. If I missed one of the others on the main stage kind of thing. And we've, we've both been there at festivals. Yeah you happen to miss a main stage that you were really thrilled about. All of a sudden you're making these discoveries of the smaller print names and you don't mind at all. And the messenger birds is really one of those that I'm like, if they conflicted with Snoop Dogg, machine gun, Kelly, the distillers, nine inch nails. I, I know you would be really conflicted with nine inch nails. Um, I, I can't say I would really mind. And,
0: And hear me out on this. But the thing about that is, uh, sorry to cut you off there. If I'm wanting to see a nine inch nails, yes, I I will. But typically with bands like that, and I know this is things that we've done in the past where like, all right, these big name bands, they're going to get a 90 minute to two hour set to do their thing. These smaller, like messenger birds, they may only get 20 minutes. So you go check out the 20 minute band. So you cut out a certain number of tracks that, uh, you may not get to see from you know from the from the main act like oh I'm gonna miss Terrible Lie by Nine Inch Nails. Okay. But there's like the trade-off of of this other discovery I, I think is is worth it to me.
1: I I wholeheartedly agree with that. And back back to Phantom Limb. Um you, you did make a really good point about the festival there and, and I don't want to diminish that, but I, I'm gonna jump back to Phantom Limb here real quick as well because and hear me out I I'm hearing, I, I know, but I'm, I'm going to like cover the, the screen. So I don't see your face. Cause I'm going to get a look on this. I like to think that phantom limb and the messenger birds, this is the evolution of where the likes of like vertical horizon was headed. He's trying really hard not to give me a look. It's, it's got that melodic vocal delivery and it's anchored in these rock hooks, but it, it, just it swells on its own build and it becomes this rock sound where vertical horizon maybe went a little bit more mainstream and and pop so maybe that's not the best association but if you could just kind of understand where i'm going with that it it really is this masterful handling of rock in a consumable form without heavy aggression or or too much teeth that may nudge some people to not necessarily want to dive into it the messenger birds and phantom with this track phantom limb have captured a sweet spot of uh, of palatable rock sound but showing that it's more than just a, a quick by the book compilation or or composition. And and Phantom Limb, it takes about a minute and a half to build before it strikes the chorus. And it's beyond just a festival. This is a great addition to any summer playlist.
0: vertical horizon with this i went more like death from above 1979 like just kind of that uh, just yeah that percussive melodic idea and it to me it's like why didn't those sounds take off more because it's it's really great um also when you get these bands that have a reputation of having amazing live energy uh you know i i think of you know one of my favorite alt rock duos from back in the day, Local H, and that they've made a they've made a reputation and a and a career out of this, but still, they you know, I, I went to go see them live, and you know, they basically had the entire top of the the venue roped off because they just you know they didn't have enough volume of ticket sales at the time. Like, it, it's just that it's that question of why. Why doesn't this type of music take off more?
1: And and that may be, in my association to Vertical Horizon, it may be a vocal thing. People, and I'm not saying that this is some throwaway replicant track of any sort or that the vocals are in any way lesser, but when people think of rock or they want to get that power, they they need that, like, angry front man kind of vocals and you're not gonna get that with phantom limb you're not gonna get that with vertical horizon local h you can kind of get there uh, depending on the track they they can build into that aggression a little bit but it's i i just want to stress that this song works in the sense of just putting it on in the background or with headphones on while you're focused on it and maybe that's where it is maybe that's why it doesn't take off more is that What's the longevity of a track like this? I mean, you, I I was fortunate enough to see, and I keep bringing them up, but I I was fortunate enough to see Vertical Horizon live. And when you do, when you see a band live, and this is definitely an argument to go to any live show or go to any festival, it transforms the music for you. You have a different concept and, and memory of what that sound is when you see them live. It's like Styx. I've seen Styx five times live. I'm a lifelong fan because of what they bring live. And if you see the messenger birds live, or if you really give phantom limb or everything has to fall apart, eventually the debut album, a chance, then you start to, to build this appreciation for what they're doing. But if all you do is take phantom limb, you consume it and you move on. That's, that's where the sound dies is, is in the just, flyover sound, I guess, for lack of a better term. But more importantly, because we're talking about festivals live, let's take, for instance, the Louder Than Life festival here, Phantom Limb and the Messenger Birds has all the makings of a queue at the merch table, table after the set. I mean, I know I'd be there, and that just is another reinforcement of see these guys live and experience their sound because you're going to appreciate it, and then you'll be supporting them on another level as well.
0: Okay. I, I think back to... Uh, an experience I had, uh, many years ago, I think we were still, this was when we both still worked in the same office together that I saw a band open up for, uh, someone, the band was called stars of track and field and yeah, live, I mean, they completely blew the roof off the place. And then I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Let me go get the album. And then the album was just like so milk toast in comparison and i don't think that this is the case here i i, I don't know i haven't seen uh, messenger bu- birds play live yet i'm going to emphasize the yet because i would like to make this happen but to me this like this sound really is already so energetic and engaging and and hooks you in that i can't even imagine what that would what that would look like live if they've got a reputation of they just bring they have this energy and showmanship to their performance like i that seems win-win to me i agree
1: and so you know the messenger birds if you're in houston texas email clay and, and let him know so he can come see you and and support you and then he can report back to everybody how they are live the messenger birds is walking a fine line of of something really really great here i don't want it to go the way of the Local H and Vertical Horizon, where they become an afterthought. I would totally support a sound like this thriving, and I want to. I want to see it live myself. I, I think that there's something to be said about that, and and I think live is where people are going to get hooked on this, and this is just a taste of it.
0: And you can get a chance to see them live at Louder Than Life Festival in Lexington, Kentucky, September 23rd through the 26th. They're uh, As Greg said, they're playing the third night, the Saturday night. So... If you're going to that fest then definitely you know take a chance on one of those smaller name bands on the on the bottom of the ticket i have a feeling that you're not gonna be disappointed
1: coming one more track until
0: i get thrown under it (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about i've been doing it the whole time it's not like it's not like you're waiting for it just one all right greg i would say moving down the mississippi river but that would be bad geography we're going to move into a little festival happening in manchester tennessee and named after the famous kangaroo (laughs) manchester tennessee the kangaroo No, the festival. Oh. (laughs) What time is it, kids? It's time for Manchester, Tennessee, the kangaroo. (laughs) Well, thanks for derailing my thoughts, Greg. This week, kids, Uh, Greg will show you how to derail Clay's thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to every week. I, no, I... I found this band playing at Bonnaroo Festival, uh, and then they're actually playing on the first day of of Bonnaroo, so they are going up against the likes of, really, the Grand Old Opry? Featuring special guests, so be ready for that one. As well as a duo that will be at Treefort later on in September, Larkin Poe and i'm looking at the rest of the the names here 99 neighbors uh andy frasco in the un uh they yep. were on one of our one of our mixtapes devin gilfillian just cuz that's fun to say uh the, the funk hun- hunters the funk hunters and then there's this this wonderful uh sextet out of new orleans i am talking about sweet crude <laughs> featured on the mixtape is one of the singles off of their double a side i'm talking about the song under new moons it is a the english split of the two tracks uh the second being "Le revues which is all in french and this was something that they released around mardi gras uh which is uh, i've heard a big deal down in new orleans and you know this uh this cajun pop band is kind of Releasing songs in what they call duality, where they're releasing it both in their uh, native English and French tracks. And what I what I really loved about uh, Under New Moons, and that I wanted to make sure that I shared on the mixtape, is just this. Not only is this just a song that's just this vibrant, lush pop track that you can just you can get lost in the sound of it. To me, it's all about the imagery and the vocals that they that they add into this as well before i get into the the vocals and the imagery i just greg let me know your thoughts on the sound of sweet crude weird art Weird no, hang on weird art on. got it weird just hang on
1: hang on okay because that little like macaroni music festival, necklaces yeah like macaroni friendship bracelets <laughs> like why would you put macaroni in a friendship bracelet and why would you make a bri- bracelet out of macaroni Huh. Anybody remember that uh, cheesy Macaroni song that they never, never My anyway, Macaroni the first name. It's M A C. No. Um, so oh, the New Orleans... <laughs> 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 Anger taken out of the bed. The New Orleans, Louisiana-based sweet crude, they, as you had mentioned, they play Thursday at, at this little music festival called Bonnaroo. Some may have heard of it. I have long believed, and I know we've been talking about it this whole episode, but the magic of the, quote, small print names at music festivals. Not just that, but also the benefit of seeing non-Friday-Saturday artists. It's undeniable. There's there's a reason festivals are not just Friday and Saturday for the most part, because you could really find some cool stuff. And beyond that, when you look at a sound like this or, or you hear it, I say look because you... you I'll talk about the music video later, which is awesome. But when you hear a sound like this, you go, this is a little, it's kind of quirky in a way when you feel that, or when you, when that comes into your brain, that should set off an alarm that this is worth seeing live. Because when you look at the music video and you see the quirkiness of the music video, but you hear the song and, and just this beautiful melodic ebbing and flowing with the synth that shapes, under new moons think this whole dreamlike presence that echoes within itself and bleeds with these vivid colors audibly that's that's a huge signal to check this out live and why it's worthwhile because you know it's gonna be fun it's kind of like when Clay you and I saw yacht live uh it there's this energy and there's this dance that just comes with this that the whole crowd just gets consumed by and when i was listening to under new moons my brain just went to wanting to be in the crowd live this could be a warm afternoon or or even an early evening show with the lights and everything else going on because it, it really is an entire piece of art that just is begging to be seen live
0: I'm always reminded of, uh, a story that Henry Rollins talked about during one of his spoken words. I'm, I'm going to get there. Don't worry. Uh, where he, he talks about playing like one of the first Lollapalooza festivals. So we're going back, you know, 30 years at this point. And, uh, you know, this, this, uh, the, going back to our previous festival, this fight that he got into with Trent Reznor from Inch Nails, because, um, all of uh all of all of Nine Inch Nails uh, demos and uh synth gear basically like got left out in the sun and basically like melted and so he was (laughs) looking for you know some some instruments that they could play and just this whole argument that he got into about like well why would you just why would you play a bunch of stuff on demos that could you know run the risk of getting ruined and then you can't perform live and I've seen bands that you know Play off of a laptop, and you know sometimes there's mixed results. But and I always have that kind of thought in my head of, you know, it's back back to this kind of old school idea that in order to play live and play live well, you have to be an artist with instruments. And I don't. And you brought up a really good point with like yacht, like, and you know the the amount of um, bands that perform live with you know like all the electronic artists that are basically just like create create sounds on a laptop and but then they're just playing it live for people so is that really performing live or are you just performing in front of people and maybe that's a completely different argument and i'm going to getting off subject here but when i approach bands like this i question that logic because i feel like there is an opportunity to bring a fantastic level of energy to a festival even if you are using layered synth sounds and demos and reels and samples and things like that and this is, this is a song to me that I feel like I, I would love to see how it unfolds live because I feel like there's you know there's just this kind of you know that, that dreamy pop sensibility that, that we talked about but a lot of what is truly special to me in this song is is the vocals and the lyrics that come out of it. it's It's the chilling harmonies that come in during the song, and it's you know just the the back and forth uh between the the vocalists. But then it's also, like I said earlier, like it's just the the imagery that they talk about in the lyrics. and to to better understand this track, it it helps to know that. Sweet crude was doing a a live stream one and one of their fans said that they should write a song about self-care during the lockdown. And then they decided that they said, quote, we narrowed that idea down to the to moments in life when the best self-care is to disengage from the person, place, or thing that provokes all of your worst habits. And then you listen to this you listen to this track and just hearing the things like in the the beginning talking about being a plant that needs water or being a uh a machine that you know plug me in and away i go but then like just completely like flipping around and saying like i'm a clever jumble of gears and wires with a history of catching fire and just that kind of artistry that's in there and then like halfway through the song like a minute 30 when they when they break into the bridge and you know there's the whole thing about like I'm still down here keeping the roaches company like somebody being so low like just the choice of words to me it was fascinating that kind of sucked me in and then once I got sucked into that and just kind of how the song like starts to really pick up steam during the bridge of the witch stuff sage and candles oils, stones and tarot under new moons and then breaks into that I deserve like I deserve still I deserve peace I deserve chill I deserve needs like that It's this. It it reaches this amazing swell that I think would translate really well into a live setting.
1: And I just just threw a lot at you, so take it away. No, but it's all it's it's all worth hearing because you you make some really really good points, and it that's exactly what Sweet Crude's done. Is it's it's art pop, but it's just so captivating. It's it's not like they. This doesn't feel like they wrote lyrics and they said, let's put some music to it, or they wrote music and they said, let's put some lyrics to it. It feels like it was organically constructed together to get the most out of every chord, out of every word that they put out there. And seriously, watch the video for Under New Moons. You know there is going to be energy just pouring out of the artistic sensibilities of Sweet Crude, And it sounds like this that transformed the quote-unquote small stage acts into seemingly endless atmospheres of experience. It's it's you will walk out of this set at Bonnaroo, I would imagine, no pressure, sweet crude, uh, of just a wow, like you're going to be talking about this for weeks after, just because of the the full bodied experience, the melodies that I talked about, the ebbing and flowing of the synth, the way that this shapes and and creates itself. I mean, sweet crude is a world I want to live in. It's vivid, it's organic, it's beautifully constructed. Oh, I use the word, but it, it is, it's just, there's so much here that when I think of Bonnaroo, with all due respect to Bonnaroo and all the artists, I think of, okay, this is, this is a big festival. This is, you know, a well-oiled machine that's been around and it just, it cycles through every year, but then you still see like sweet crude and you realize that you shouldn't just shrug off Bonnaroo necessarily because of Bonnaroo being around forever. There, there's discovery at even some of these quote-unquote mainstream festivals that are very worthwhile and i think under new moons clay that you selected is just a a fantastic pick because you you make a really good point riding the wave of all the hard work Sweet, sweet crude did so good job way to way to just take all the credit for sweet crude's hard work good job
0: while I'm patting myself on the back, I will remind you that Sweet Crude is playing the first night of the Bonnaroo Festival, which is uh, September 2nd through the 5th in Manchester, Tennessee. And while you're waiting for that uh, illustrious weekend in September, go pick up their double A-side single, uh, Dualité, which is out now. Go check them out. I've been
2: waking up every day with a cloud in the way of the sun. I'm chasing
0: All right, Greg. talk fine, let's, fine. Let's talk fine. about our final artist and uh, what festival they're playing.
1: Let's let's talk wanna,
0: about the elephant in the about, room, shall we? I want to hear about. Let's, I want to send people to another festival and tell people about you know the the small name band that we get or sorry the the lower smaller down the poster name that we get to discover now. So please fill so, us
1: in. So sure, yeah, I'd be happy to. We'll talk about fine, Clay. We'll talk about the elephant in the room. Okay. This next band <laughs> <laughs> has experience at the likes of Bonnaroo, as we just discussed in this the previous This band
0: track. was once near uh, a festival.
1: <laughs> they played Iceland Airwaves. They played Bonnaroo. These guys are
0: festival-experienced, okay? I kid. I kid, Greg.
1: <laughs> okay, here's the deal. Here's a full, candid story. I came up with this harebrained scheme, like I normally do, of let's have an episode based around festivals to kind of just showcase the idea of the small print, small stage bands. And we're going to pick bands that are in that small print and small stage. And so we're going through lineups. We're looking at posters. We're looking at announcements. We're looking at press releases. We're looking at emails. We're looking at
0: albums. And then one of us did that.
1: I did it. I just happened to see the word festival with this new track that came out and I went, yes. And I listened to it. And then all of a sudden I became so anchored in the unbelievably brilliant concoction that is this song, then it might've slipped my mind. This didn't exactly fit the rules that I just created, but this is America. So I make the rules as we go. Okay. That's what happens. We live in the now History's what we make it and we'll make believe anything we want. So this song fits in this episode. Thank you, Clay.
0: And I will, I will, I will say that this is a fantastic track and I'm, I'm glad that you were able to find, find a loophole to get this into the music festival episode.
1: Well, okay. And, and well, technically not playing a festival this year, at least that we're aware of at this current juncture early days yet. The new album sidelining drops July 9th. And this is a great example of the type of musician you can discover at a music festival. Had you been at Bonnaroo or Iceland Airwaves?
0: (laughs) Teacher, I believe I get an A on this project (laughs) due to my ability to uh, twist the words in the assignment.
1: God bless America. Check out Royal Canoe Scratching Static. in because I absolutely became hooked on the TV on the radio slash of Montreal-esque quirkiness of the layers and dynamic poetry scratching static embodies. And then I may have hit play on the music video and became a huge fan of not just this song, but the obvious mentality that Royal Canoe has in putting together their sound. And there's just so much to this. There's the experimental qualities of the track, the boundary pushing drive into something new. It's undeniably it's undeniable and hugely successful with the execution of scratching
0: static. And let's be honest. Yes. Let's, let's recognize Royal Canoe for, for what they have done. Uh, You know, this is their, Scratching Static which is gonna be on sidelining, which will be their fifth studio album, I believe. So they've these these gentlemen have, have done a lot with their music career over the last ten years. And a lot of that has been, you know, just defying genres. You know, it's basically trying to throw a trying to describe the music that they that they're putting out is like trying to throw darts at a dartboard that happened to be on um a dune buggy. Like it's just there's there's a really hard way to to pin it down and this quirky jazzy vibe is is a is this is a great fun summer track that i'm glad that we that we've got in our arsenal now but it wouldn't have been quite the same had they not uh featured the artist Namdi in this either like i mean his his vocal stylings on this just adds that whole new layer to this and uh maybe that's why they're not playing music festivals they couldn't they couldn't book uh Namdi for this because if they played this live and he wasn't there, I feel like they that would be a it would be a disservice to the track. It would it'd be
1: a little little yeah, maybe maybe they had conflicting schedules. They're too busy. But we don't know. They could be playing a music festival. We just don't know yet. Yep. I remain hopeful.
0: Hopeful for the future is good. It's and it's interesting to me that the the sounds that you kind of geared towards in terms of the, the style where the TV, the radio TV on the radio and of Montreal. Um, I, when I was listening to this, especially once it gets towards uh, the middle of the track towards the end, they, they really throw on some quirky vocal layers into the, into it. And it really reminded me of um, going back another 20 years into the past, uh, the Gizmodri album by self And just like there's another artist that is just truly all over the place but creating a very unique um alt pop sound that i feel like these guys may have a little bit of a a nod to there as well whether intentional or not
2: Going to fill it on up before you brush it off. Going to fill it on up before you brush it off. Old masters in the attic. Still scratching, scratching static. Just hope the needle don't, the needle don't lie. No room left on the canvas. No smoke inside the palace The skin is starting to, starting to dry You ain't gotta want it Ain't that good enough You ain't gotta want it Ain't that good enough You ain't gotta want it Ain't that good enough You ain't gotta want it Ain't that good enough
1: Scratching Static is a nearly six-minute sonic exploration of lyrical and instrumental poetry that captivated and mesmerized me. I mean, yes, we, we know Greg screwed up and they're not playing a music festival. I don't think that's the last we're going to hear of it. The idea of this song, some stage lights, small venue, likely a smoke machine... And a healthy number of bodies willing to expand their audio experience. Royal Canoe is soaked with festival discovery sound. This is the this is the kind of sound that you look at and you see the name and you go, you know what? They're playing just over here real quick. You want to just take a shot like we do all the time and we do that and you go in there and then all of a sudden that's one of those sounds that you just cannot forget and you are so glad you took a chance on it and that... It, and it is that's that's one of the risks I guess you take when you're collaborating on a song is that I, do, I agree with you. I don't think scratching static would be the same live if they couldn't coordinate to make it happen with everybody who contributed to it. And that's that's something that it, you got to just get that sweet spot and the, the aligning of stars to make it happen to where you could get this live. And oh, man, it'd be so good.
0: So good. So imagine you will a world. Imagine a world where Royal Canoe is playing a music festival, and now a we are festival. explaining to you that said music festival and what dates they would be performing there. Unfortunately, we cannot be doing that in the real world, but uh, because to, Greg screwed up. <laughs> to Greg's point, this this is this this band embodies everything that we would expect out of a music festival discovery and that one that we would want to see live and talk about for years afterwards of, remember that time that we went to go see them. So, uh, write your congressperson, send a petition, uh, whoever you need to get a music festival going so that we can put Royal Canoe in there.
1: In the meantime, the one thing that we do know is set in stone is the new album sidelining, which will drop July 9th. I, I, I definitely look, Forward to sidelining, and I hope you do too. In the meantime, check out Scratching Static by Royal Canoe.
2: Play it through, chasing a saving grace to replace the need to be stable. The pain awaits you. Clear it like oil on paper plates. See if you can with lingerie. We're trying to portrait the out of pain wish my skin would pass it by, it's gotta be air to Stance on it, dance on it, like the temptation we sway Move around, tread on water like All clutch on away. the way No, no room left, no. scratch the shine just Chisel your breath
1: If you have a music festival that you've attended, you would like to attend, you'd like to know more about Google it. Uh, or you could <laughs> send us an email and let us know as well. I If if somebody emailed yourself. us, if somebody emails us and says, Hey, interested in this festival, check it out, break it down. I, I could see us honestly doing a whole episode on it just because we're music nerds like that. And we love it. So we hope you're a music nerd too. We appreciate you spending your time with us this week. And we hope that you, feel safe and comfortable to get back out there and experience live music again and support the artists and the venues who we all know need it really badly. Um, we hope that you have an opportunity to get out to a music festival. Um, if if honestly, if the the price point of the music festival just seems like too much, keep an eye on early bird specials that these venues do. Keep an eye on other sales that they do. You can oftentimes Get really, really good deals on music festival tickets if you get into it early enough. And I know a lot of people think, well, I want to wait to see the lineup. Uh, I would strongly encourage you, if it's 50 bucks, take a chance. Buy the tickets. You're going to find a handful of stuff that you absolutely love. I promise you. The reason that I can tell you that that's a promise is because if they didn't do things like that, these festivals would be gone very quickly. They wouldn't be able to come back every year. It's worthwhile. Check out the small print names, check out the small stages, and take a chance on a festival. Keep supporting local and independent music and keep listening to local and independent music.
0: You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Nanobot Rock. Find us on the web at nanobot.nanobotrock.com. Send us your submissions to info at nanobotrock.com. As we talked about this episode, everything is about discovery, and we love discovering new artists. And you sending us your submissions is a way to help with that. So please share and share a like. It's a week of sharks.